Black Women Leaders to Follow, the Powerhouse Award, Next Generation Women of Power. These are just a small sampling of the awards today's guest has won, and just a teaser of the inspirational woman she is. Welcome to the Pass the Mic podcast, where we're elevating the voices of powerful women to inspire the next generation. I'm Jocelyn Hudak, Director of B2B Content and Digital Marketing at SXM Media. This episode is a special edition of the podcast because it's a full one-on-one interview with Latreviette Smith-Wilson, the Chief Marketing and Equity Officer at Horizon Media. After my chat with her at the Pass the Mic Lounge in the Female Quotient this past CES, I was so inspired by the interview, I knew we had to share it in full. From defining moments to changing career paths to how to dictate your own destiny, here's Latreviette. Well, hello. Thank you so much for being here today at our Pass the Mic Lounge. How are you doing I am doing awesome, Jocelyn. How are you? Good. Well, just to get started, why don't you introduce yourself, your name, title, and company? Absolutely. I am Latreviette Smith-Wilson. I am Chief Marketing and Equity Officer for Horizon Media. So what does a Chief Marketing Equity Officer do? Well, this is a first of its kind and first in industry role. So what we have done is taken the traditional DEI function Mm -hmm. out of talent and HR and put it into an enterprise business function, meaning marketing. The goal being having a very simple yet well-known philosophy, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results, right? Mm -hmm. Which is in essence what as an industry as a corporate America, the way we've approached DEI over the last 30 years has been essentially formulaic, right? And yet companies continue to question why they're not getting the return on the investments and seeing the movement, right, that they want to see. So we constantly, probably over the last 10 or so years, have talked about, or maybe even 15, DEI as a business imperative, Mm. And yet we have maintained it within a strictly talent function, right? So what does it mean when we put it in a business enterprise function? So that it is showing up in everything that we do in our business. So in our client solutions, in our product development, how we show up to the world. And so that's what we've done. We've fused marketing and equity. We are ensuring that it is embedded throughout our business and it um, it is probably one of the most exciting things I've done in my career because it's giving us an opportunity to prove out a hypothesis I've had for probably the last 15 or 20 years, but then to be a model for change, to show other companies and other industries how DEI can be approached differently so that we can see the impact that we truly know it can have. Well, I love that because I've never like consciously thought about this because it's not my area of expertise. Um, but that is so true. It's like I do brands have fallen into like shit happens. Hire chief diversity yes. inclusion officer. Yes. Nothing happens. And shit yes. goes down. Like, it's just like, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, like, you know, to like take a step back and rethink the whole structure yeah. of that, I think is brilliant. And I love that. And I'm so excited for you and yeah, hope that it does it's, change. It's necessary. Mm-hmm. And and what I've said to my team, to our CEO, Bill Konigsberg, who has been a thousand percent behind me in, help, in building this, mm-hmm. is everything that we do initially may not 
be the way that we choose to do it next year, right? We may need to pivot. Everything may not succeed at first try, but we'll understand, we'll test and learn Mm -hmm. so that we can understand what works and we'll do it quickly, right? Mm -hmm. We'll see, okay, fail, fail quickly. What did we learn? Let's get up and go. Mm -hmm. And that's what we'll do because that's what we have to do Mm -hmm. to see the change that we need to see. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something to that of like creating an environment that it's okay to fail and like, I mean, the world today also is changing so quickly. Like, you just have to, like, you just, be okay just, with pivoting. Just and do it. Yeah. Right? I, I, I always say, let's please not sacrifice progress for perfection. Mm-hmm. If we're 80% of the way there and we're confident in how we can move forward with that 80 we'll figure out the 20%, right? Mm-hmm. And let's plan the 20% because that's also where the innovation happens. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a set and this is our formula. We have to know the formula hasn't been working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so it's time to do just something like different. erase it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And rebuild it. Mm-hmm. And what I have, have learned about myself over the last 25 or so years in in corporate Mm -hmm. is that I'm a builder, right? Mm -hmm. And so having this opportunity to build something that is so meaningful, not just for Horizon, not just for our industry, but really for our clients and for business at large to Mm -hmm. see and to view things differently, it's really, really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we talk about the quote on the back of your jacket for a second? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Because when I read that, I was like, yes. (laughs) Okay, do you want to do you want to say what it is? Yeah, so okay. the back of her jacket says, "Queen, don't be afraid to rule like a king." Yes. So, yes. Talk to me about why you're wearing that and what it means to you. I am wearing it a it is um made by a black woman designer and entrepreneur, and so I am very intentional about my support of Mm -hmm. black women, minority-owned businesses. I actually have two of these jackets. There's one that's really fabulous and camouflage, um, but this one happens to be black leather. What that means to me is so often as women when we show up as leaders and in leadership roles and we are definitive, we are confident, we are unapologetic, we really know what we are doing, right? We don't second guess ourselves. We're not questioning. It's like, oh, well, she's a this, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, she's aggressive. Oh, she's, you know, we went through that whole bossy versus boss thing, right? Mm-hmm. There are all of these labels that are attached to that when we show up in those ways. as But guess what? No, queen, don't be afraid to rule like a king mm-hmm. because when you show up in that way with confidence, when you show up not second guessing yourself, when you show up knowing the value mm-hmm. that you have in a room and knowing that you belong, Mm-hmm. The difference, the impact that you can make, the inspiration that you can have for others is, mm-hmm. it is invaluable. Mm-hmm. It's invaluable. And so that's it. Just don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Show up Show up as you and take and do what it is that you know you need to do to succeed. And mm-hmm. don't, que- like, we question ourselves so much, right? You know, we've seen the studies that say women are so much less likely to apply for a role when they're overqualified mm-hmm. <laughs> versus men who, who will readily apply for roles underqualified, right? But it really is, it, it is 
it's the perception that we have. It's how we've been socialized. And so, no, like, rip it off. Take it off. No, mm-hmm. I, I'm wearing a crown, too. Mm-hmm. And my crown is just as, just as heavy and has just as much import. So, yes, yeah. I will rule. And that, that is a conscious decision, I feel like, mm-hmm. to have that mindset because it is really easy. And I do feel like we just have – it's just – you know, innate to be like, oh, I don't know, or like, but to turn that into like, no, it's okay. I've got this shit. Like, I've done this. I know. I've done this. Yeah. I've got this. Mm-hmm. And and to be to have the confidence level, right, to know that you can. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I believe that every way that a man rules is the right way. Let me be very clear about oh, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but let's take the things that we know work. Mm-hmm. And let's not be afraid to embrace them as women when others for so long have told us that we couldn't mm-hmm. or we shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I went to a talk yesterday and we were talking about confidence and, and confidence and how like it's okay to even not have confidence, but to use that. And I guess there are stats that show like men are often overconfident mm-hmm. and pretend like they know. And because of that, they, there's actually business impact because Absolutely. women tend to go into situations they don't know and open the floor Mm -hmm. to that and be like, I don't know this. Like, that's all, like, can you teach me? Mm -hmm. Like, can you give me perspective? And we are more willing to do that, whereas men aren't willing to admit maybe they don't know a thing. And Mm -hmm. because of that and that overconfidence, they aren't open to learning or, like, inviting new perspectives. And that that actually has an impact on the bottom Uh, line. um, It's a business you know, thing. Truer words never spoken. I think for me, it's about being always staying curious, Mm -hmm. right? I think for all of us, we all have to be in a learning posture at any stage of our careers, no matter what level of quote, right? Air quotes, success we've achieved. Mm -hmm. If you're not staying curious and you're not open to learning, then um, what, What's the point of doing, mm-hmm. right? It's the only way that we grow. Mm-hmm. Even even now, every single day, I'm reading. I'm a professional student, right? Mm-hmm. If I actually, if I could go back to school for the rest of my life, I would, mm. right? It's just I'm I'm like a sponge. I want to understand. I seek that level of understanding mm-hmm. because then that's the only way that you can understand the context of a thing, right? To then be able to, to understand how to impact it. Yeah. Yeah. As we're on the topic of confidence, I have a very interesting story for you. And interestingly enough, this was not said to me by a male. It was said to me at the time I had a white female manager. Mm -hmm. She called me in her office one day and we sat down and we were just talking and she was talking about, you know, the relationships I had been developing with our leadership team. And and she says, you know, Latraviat, that's all great. Um, but if I could have some advice for you, um, you, sh- you should just be a little less confident when you walk into the room. Interesting. I thought the same. <laughs> <laughs> so I just looked at her. And it was as she looked at me as if, okay, kind of, you know, not expecting me to respond. And I simply said, I don't know how to do that. Right? I don't know how to do that. You are talking to a black woman who has ascended levels of corporate America that very few women who look like me have done, right? Who have stories for days and weeks and months and years that I could tell you about the experiences I've had and what it took to get here. And you, as a woman, have the audacity 
to say to me, walk into a room with a little less confidence because of your own insecurities, right? It had nothing to do with me. I'm very aware of that. But it was her own insecurities that were being projected onto me. And I've taken that now, even, even to this day, when I walk into a room, right? None of us are confident all of the time. None of us have a self-assuredness, right? Where a lot of times we're walking into rooms and we're all kind of like looking around like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And what's next? Mm-hmm. But I hear her voice. I hear her voice in my head saying, walk into a room and be a little less confident. And it makes me turn on every single ounce of confidence, hope, joy, everything in me to show up differently and to not allow my light to be dimmed by anyone. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, and the takeaway there, like, what would be, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you take that, you know, myriad of stories that you have, <laughs> and I'm sure obstacles, hurdles, like endless numbers of things that have happened and take those situations and turn them into positives so that you can kind of use that voice and turn yeah. it into like something that drives you more. It's a, it's a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. We're all human, right? And so I think I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, you know, just get over it, you know, just let it roll out. We're human. Things impact us. And I think the, the first part of that is acknowledging the impact but then making a conscious decision of how you're going to allow it to affect you. Mm-hmm. And so you can allow something like that to dictate your future and your destiny. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, no. And it's hurtful. I mean, a lot of these things can be extremely hurtful. But at the end of the day, are you going to allow someone else to dictate your destiny? And you make a choice, yes or no. hmm and then you get up and you go mm-hmm. based on whatever that choice for you is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> what would you say would be like a defining moment in your career? Probably, let's see, a defining moment or one of the most defining moments was when I chose to change careers. Mm-hmm. And I started my career on a path to journalism. I went to undergrad, I double majored English and communications, I worked in newsrooms, I got my master's in broadcast journalism, and that was my path. What I was doing, I was going to go to NYU, leave for five years, come back and be, you know, on air. Evening news, I had my whole life mapped out, right? In the course of being in newsrooms, I came to the realization that my view of journalism wasn't necessarily what was happening at the time that I was in the newsroom, which was in like the late 90s, mm-hmm. right? So sweeps were really starting to dictate how news was was done. Um, and I fundamentally see journalism as a noble profession. You're telling stories of those who can't tell their own. You're giving voice to the voiceless, right? Mm-hmm. And I decided this really isn't me. I can't wake up and be okay with the things that I believe have to be done to be successful. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do? Because I've now prepared myself, right, for this career. I've gotten a master's from NYU, which is not cheap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now, and I had on-air offers. And so it was the dream that I had was right in front of me. And I said, I don't want it anymore. And it was so difficult to say I don't want this anymore because 
of the expectations, right? What my family and my friends and what people were expecting. And I had a, an uncle, a great uncle, who his biggest dream in the world was to see me on TV, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, am I going to disappoint people? And then I had to stop and say, is it about disappointing other people or disappointing myself? And I'm, am I going to allow a dream that I had at one point in my life to dictate the rest of my life? Or am I going to allow myself to dream differently? And I allowed myself to dream differently. And I had no idea what communications and PR was at the time. The only experience I had with PR were the news releases and press releases that would come through on the fax machine. Yes, I said fax machine. Um, When we were in the newsroom. And some colleagues who just talked about PR firms really loving journalists, right? Because they could write and tell stories and knew how to, you know, Mm -hmm. tell narratives and and build narratives. I was like, okay, let's try it. I have a skill set, obviously, that lends itself to this. They, I thought, my colleague said, you'll be back in a newsroom in six months. I believed them. But I was like, I'm going to try it anyway. And I went into agency and never looked back. So it was that as soon as I went into communications... And when in, in, in the agency world, which is hardly corporate, right? I'm not a corporate person. I'm just not my personality. I was like, mm-hmm. this nine to five thing is going to suck. Um, but it wasn't because I had such a diversity of experiences. And so being allowed to build on that, right? So from a newsroom to an agency where I had such a diverse array of experiences and opportunities to expand my portfolio. So I'm coming in with a communication skill set, but now I'm having exposure and opportunities for other things that I'm able to continue to build. So whether it's DEI or marketing or business strategy or M&A or CSR and ESG and all these acronyms, right? But I've had the opportunity not just to gain knowledge, but expertise Mm -hmm. in these areas that have given me an even broader sense of a business that now allow me to sit in a C-suite and help run a business. Mm -hmm. And so that defining moment of saying, I am making this pivot from this dream I thought I had to something completely unknown completely changed the course of my career. Mm -hmm. And as we kind of wrap up here and with pass the mic (laughs) and passing the mic to the next generation of female leaders, what would be your advice? My advice. So I would say um, don't aspire to be fearless. Aspire to operate through the fear. Right? We talked about just the humanity of a thing and what and being human. I think so many times we say don't do something or you know, be fearless, don't have fear. We're going to have fear because we're human. We are going to not understand the unknown or if we're in a situation for the first time or something that we've just never experienced. It's not about not having fear. It's about being conscious enough to operate through it. And I have, there's an acronym. I didn't make it up, so I'm not taking credit for this, by the way. But I do believe um, in it to the fullest. And it's the acronym of face everything and rise, right? As fear, face everything and rise. And so when I feel that thing, and I typically do, before I'm on a stage to speak, before I'm up giving a presentation, it doesn't matter. I've done a million of them. And there's still that thing, right? And so in my mind, I'm just saying, face everything and rise. You've got this. You've got this. I would also say, don't feel that you have to have everything figured out right now, right? My career at 
now looks nothing like it did or I thought it would when I was 22, right? 25 years later, it looks nothing like I thought it would at, at 22. And so we're often socialized and have this pressure, right, from society and family, just, okay, you finished college. What are your next five years? What are your next 10 to 15? And map all of these things out. And it's just not always life and realistic. Life is so dynamic and allow you, Allow yourself to be dynamic. Test and learn things. Understand what it is that you like and you don't. And again, just because you have a dream at one point in your life doesn't mean that that's the dream that you're going to have throughout your life. And give yourself that grace and that flexibility to know and understand that, you know what, this worked for me then, this doesn't now. And it's the art of the pivot. Right, understanding how you can continue to take your skill set, transfer it to other industries or businesses or disciplines, and simply say, I will make whatever it is in my life work in the way that I want it to, in the time that I want it to. My, my career has been amazing. It has been incredible, and I never could have scripted it. What I've always done is stay open to opportunity. And so that's what I would say. There's so many opportunities that come our way that we brush off because it's like, oh, you know, no, that doesn't really fit. Or again, we're fearful of it or it doesn't fit our quote plan. No, stay open to everything. Every opportunity that I've had over the last 20 years, I've not sought out. They've been things that have come to me that weren't necessarily part of my plan, but that I said, you know something, let me consider. Let's just have conversation. And some of the most amazing things have come out of just having conversations and staying open to opportunity. Well, thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> I did, too. This went by very <laughs> it fast. It did. But, oh, my gosh, I appreciate you being here. Um, this was great. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Queen, don't be afraid to rule like a king. That is something that will stick with me, along with the 500 other inspirational truth bombs that were dropped during that interview. This is a stark reminder to follow our passions, change course, take action, and take the lead. I'm Jocelyn Hudak, and this has been the Pass the Mic podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll continue to unite women through audio and let their voices shine.